Welcome to Third Floor Views, a production of Chesapeake Family Life, where we talk about health, education, and living with kids. I'm your host, Laura Boycourt. Today, we'll be talking about something near and not so dear to many of our hearts uh, in the Mid-Atlantic region right now, seasonal allergies. And joining us today are Dr. Jennifer Dancer, a pediatric allergist and immunologist at Johns Hopkins, and Johns Hopkins Pediatric Allergy and Immunology Fellow, Dr. Amy Magnarelli. Thanks so much to both of you for being here today. Thanks for having yeah, us. Great to be here. Absolutely. So I'd like to start with both of you. If you could just tell us a little bit about what you do at Hopkins, what might your average day look like, you know, as folks who work in allergies and immunology. Sure. Um, so we're biased, but I think we have a <laughs> wonderful job as pediatric allergists and immunologists. So um, kind of a typical day for us would be seeing patients in our allergy clinic. So there we can see um, people with a variety of the allergic diseases. So environmental and seasonal allergies, food allergies, asthma, eczema, um, hives. Uh, we see people ranging from babies that are just a few months old um, all the way up to college or sometimes a little bit older. Um, and then we also sometimes see patients who are admitted to the hospital for different things, either for, they may call us with a question about one of the allergic diseases or on the immuno, immunology side of it, calling us with questions about an immunodeficiency or an immune system problem. Um, and then an exciting part of what we both get to do um, here at Hopkins as well is research. And so we also spend a pretty large amount of our time doing uh, you know, some fun and exciting research projects that are helping us to try and better understand um, and treat allergic and immunologic diseases. Uh, and a lot of my work personally is in food allergy research. Okay, wonderful, thank you. Um, can you guys, this might seem like a simplistic question, but can you explain what an allergy is? We all you know, have a pretty good idea of it, some more than others, you know, if we have you know, severe allergies or our children do, but what is an allergy? How does it affect the body? And what is the body's response? Yeah, sure. So an allergy is a response from your immune system to something you're experiencing in your environment. So you want your immune system to recognize viruses and bacteria to fight infections, uh, but sometimes it can also recognize things you don't want it to fight. So this could be in response to a food, uh, to animals, and in the case of seasonal allergies, it could be to pollens. So your immune system can be triggered and make proteins that we call IgE um, to these certain environmental uh, items, and that leads to an exaggerated sensitivity to those exposures. And so when this happens, you experience a response every time you're exposed to that food, animal, or for seasonal allergies, those pollens. These responses can look like anything from itchy eyes to sneezing, runny nose, itchy eyes, congestion, kind of everything that we've been experiencing this spring. Lovely. <laughs> it's, we were talking about this before we started recording, just how, how bad I think the allergies have been this season, seasonal allergies, but um, you know, you guys were saying that um, it's, it's sort of par for the course, but anyway, we'll get there later. Um, how do seasonal allergies develop? Sure. So, you know, seasonal allergies, like other allergies can develop, like Dr. Minerelli was saying, when our immune system tends to overreact to something in the environment. And this is usually for environmental allergies during spring, summer, or fall when certain plants are pollinating. Um, and so 
With seasonal allergies, usually they can develop over time with more exposures to a pollen. So like if you're thinking of kids, it's as they've had more seasons or you had mentioned a move. Um, to, mm -hmm. So if someone moves to a different region, then it can be after so many years that they've been exposed to the plants that are native to that area that they would then start to have symptoms. Um, and so in kids, we can usually see symptoms starting around school age, but um, you can develop allergies at any age. And that's that's what I was hinting at. Yeah. OK, so it's good to know. <laughs> so climate change, a hot topic these days uh, for good reason. How does climate change affect seasonal allergies? With increasing temperatures and climate change, it can lead to an increase in the amount of pollen that's produced each year. And it can also lead to a prolonged allergy season. So the duration of the season can be a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, and then for our patients that have asthma, um, climate change can lead to changes uh, in air quality. And this can lead to increased symptoms for them during the seasonal allergy uh, season. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Um, and then our region, sort of the Maryland, Mid-Atlantic um, area, what is our specific allergy season timeline? If we have one, I assume we do. Yeah. So, I mean, it can shift year to year depending mm -hmm. on when things warm up and when things start to bloom. But in general, for our region, tree pollen start to come out in February or March, and then they peak typically um, sometime in April or May. And then the season, the peak season ending in the end of May, typically. Um, grass, we think of more as our summer allergen. So it usually starts to come out in May um, and then goes through July. And then weeds are often late April and they can go through the summer with ragweed um, that can even last into August and September. Um, and then for mold, so these can be year round depending on the type of mold, um, but they can also be more like in the fall when you have like wet, damp leaves mm -hmm. that you can get some mold growth for. Um, and so kind of a big takeaway is, yes, yeah, so our here, our big spring allergy season is usually around February to March until early June. So really, there's no respite. I mean, it's pretty much a year round thing, depending on where you live and sort of what your circumstances are in the environment that you're in. Yeah. So I think every person is different and some people sure. will be um, allergic to multiple pollens. But then we have some people who it is, you know, they're just tree or they're you know, tree and ragweed. Um, and so exactly, depending on what exactly you're allergic mm -hmm. to helps us better understand when you can expect time of year wise mm -hmm. things to be worse. Okay. And during sort of COVID times, I know, you know, a lot of us were struggling, not that we're out of COVID yet, obviously, but <laughs> A lot of us were talking about, well, could this be COVID? Could this be allergies? Is this a virus? You know, what is this? Because a lot of the symptoms overlap. So could you explain the difference between allergies, colds, and other respiratory viruses? And, you know, even though we're heading into warm weather, we still got those colds and viruses hanging on, and that can make it confusing to know what we've got. So you could differentiate those maybe. Yeah, it can be really hard to differentiate. So yeah. our Allergies are caused by a response, like we talked a little bit about from your immune system when it's recognizing allergens like those pollens, and it can lead to sneezing, runny nose, cough, and itching. And then the common cold or a respiratory virus can lead to similar symptoms, but they're caused by a virus leading to infection. So typically allergy medications like antihistamines will not 
improve or relieve any of those symptoms during an illness caused by a virus. Uh, we also would not expect seasonal allergies to include symptoms like fever or vomiting, which mm -hmm. you can see regularly with viral illnesses. I think if you have any questions regarding, is this an illness, is this allergies, it's always okay to seek care from a child's pediatrician or for an adult from your physician, uh, just to be sure, but just kind of little differences there. No, that's great advice. And um, this can go for, for adults too, um, definitely. But why are some children affected by allergies and others are not? I know you touched on that before. It just kind of depends on you know, the, the makeup of, of your body, but is there an easy explanation for that? Oh, we wish. <laughs> so it's a great question that we do not have a great answer to. Um, so we definitely don't completely understand why some people develop any type of allergy, honestly. So seasonal or food allergies or other allergies. Mm -hmm. um, so we know that there's some like complex genetic and environmental interactions involved. Um, and there's actually a pretty exciting study. We're one of many sites doing it. That's um, We are recruiting mothers um, from pregnancy, so before baby's even born, and then following the babies throughout the first three years of life. And this study is designed to hopefully give us some answers about like why do some, this would be kids, but why do some kids go on to develop uh, these different allergic diseases um, and others don't. So stay tuned. Maybe in the next um, yeah. five years or so, we'll have a more definite answer for you. Absolutely. Something to look forward to. For any listeners or viewers, you know, with, with kids at home who are children struggling from allergies, any helpful tips that might her, uh, help caregivers kind of ease that discomfort or things they should keep in mind? Sure. So some tips that we regularly um, talk about in our clinic um, if you know that your child has seasonal allergies, we typically recommend starting allergy medications as directed by their doctor before the allergy season starts. So we use the date of Valentine's Day because it's easy to remember mm -hmm. uh, as a period just before those uh, spring allergy uh, season symptoms start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, if kids are playing outside during allergy season and they're coming in frequent contact with uh, different pollens. It's a great idea to wash their hands or face or any exposed skin when they come inside and changing their clothes can also help if that's mm -hmm. possible. Um, usually taking a bath or a shower at night to help avoid sleeping with pollens on your skin or in your hair can be helpful. Using air conditioning in the car and at home when possible can help decrease the pollen exposures through the windows. For some patients, uh, steroid nasal sprays and steroid eye drops uh, can be helpful for specific symptoms and also you know, can be directed by their physician as well. And then seeing an allergist can help to determine your child's exact allergens. And then we can provide different kind of tips for specifically for your child. Perfect. Wonderful tips. And I know for us, uh, just as an aside, we not every time the dog goes out and comes back in, but we'll wipe her down every once in a while because she's just a little pollen carrier. And then we always check the pollen count on our weather app. I think that's been helpful for us, you know, limit the time when they're outside um, when the counts are high. So, and you just touched on this, but when, when should people, kids, um, parents, when should they see an allergist and get that allergy testing? Yeah, so we're obviously always willing to see anyone um, with allergies or if you have concerns about allergies, but I think it can 
be um, particularly helpful if you're having seasonal allergies that are lasting maybe longer than the typical season or if you're not responding to over-the-counter medications. Um, if you're having worse asthma symptoms um, that you think may be driven by some type of environmental allergen, or if really your symptoms are really limiting your activities, like we have kids all the time who they're like, oh, I don't let them play outside yeah. um, and like your quality <laughs> of life. Um, mm -hmm. I think those are good times to come see us and help figure out like, what are you allergic to? And the other big question we can answer is, is it allergies? So lots of people have, you know, frequent runny nose or maybe a cough they've had for a while. And uh, it's suggested that it may or may not be allergy related and we can help. And then that can help direct what treatments, you know, may or may not be effective in treating what's bothering you. So I think the allergist, yeah, can, can guide testing. That testing then can, um, one, identify the exact things so that you know, if we told everyone to do every single like control mm -hmm. measure that we call them, that's mm -hmm. a lot for anyone to sure. do and can get expensive when you're, if you like buy special things. So can help kind of target what might be the most useful. And then we touched a little bit about knowing the time of year. So if you know that you mm -hmm. are like tree pollen only, then it helps us say, well, you're probably only going to need medicines for these months. Like try and stop them at the, you know, end of June and see how you do or something like that. Um, so it can be useful in that regard as well. Okay, great. And then one more question, just while, while I have you, it just occurred to me, I know that, um, for other types of allergies that are not seasonal, at least I think I've heard that children or adults may even grow out of those. I know as an adult, you can get seasonal allergies later in life. If you didn't have them, you know, when you were young, can you grow out of seasonal allergies? Some people do. Some people, they get yeah. better over time. And like you said, and then some people, they will get worse yeah, as they're so older and not always completely understood why that is as well. But yeah, it can go either way. Okay. So sort of a crapshoot. All right. <laughs> can you tell that I'm asking this selfishly for myself? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much to Dr. Jennifer Dancer and Dr. Amy Magnarelli for spending time with us today to talk about allergies. And thank you to all of our viewers and listeners as well. Make sure you visit chesapeakefamily.com for up-to-date local information on home, health, and living for today's Maryland parent. This episode will be archived on chesapeakefamily.com in video and podcast format. I'm Laura Boycourt with Chesapeake Family Life and Third Floor Views. Thanks so much for joining us. Mm -hmm.